0: listening to Find the Outside the Podcast. I'm Tim Merry,
1: And I'm Tuesday Ryan Hart.
0: Hello. This week on the podcast, we are going to talk about scaling. Scaling. Scaling, that's right. (laughs) Nothing like a bit of scaling. It makes (laughs) a day more interesting.
1: Everybody wants to talk about scaling. Scaling's on everyone's lips.
0: I... As you know, have joined the numeri, talking about scaling
1: <laughs> You just called it numeri.
0: Yeah, the numeri. It's a thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you join the numeri, and you you sign up to the new map, and then you join the numeri. And if you pass the quizzes mm-hmm. and you do really well, they say it's numerilicious.
1: Uh huh. They have got you fully in, haven't they? Like you're in. Yeah,
0: but I'm on the I'm on the scales every day. Weigh myself every day. And I'm free, I'm walking. I I, had to, I walked eight thousand steps yesterday. I don't know what that means. It just means I walk three times a day, and I feel great. And I'm put my headphones on, mm. and like I go walk, and I listen to music. And I and I sat down by the by the pond in Mahome bay. There's this little pond in the middle of the town. It's got a couple of benches around it. And it was it was a late night walk because I hadn't got all my steps in. And <laughs> I have a slightly compulsive relationship with Noom, of course, uh-huh. because. I went to boarding school and i respond really well to structured environments so if i'm given a target and a structure i'm going to function really well in it i'll hate it and resist it but i will function well in it and so um and so i'm sitting down by this i've got most of my steps in my dog knee is with me and the moon's rising and i'd just been having a hard time like coronavirus and uh and like the kind of leadership i was seeing in the world we were having some struggles with some of the clients we were working with you know, and every, I was just beginning to feel a little down and then I was watching the moon come up and, uh, and I was like, oh, that is beautiful, isn't it? Mm, mm. You know? And then I was like, I was like, I bet other people are seeing beautiful things right now. Oh, and I was like, I bet, wow. I bet like the sun's coming up somewhere and someone's watching mm, it, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, then I turned my ears back on and I was like, and this song is beautiful too.
1: Whoa. You know?
0: Nice. I know. And. Right. And then I was like, I bet someone's writing a beautiful song right now, Oh, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, you know, Tim, like you've got a, you've got a spread where you put your attention, don't you? Mm -hmm. You know, it can't just be on the, on the, on the weight of the circumstances we're in, but also the beauty of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was a good little turning point in my journey, you know, all thanks to Noom. Getting me out walking, you know, but we're not actually talking about that type of scaling. We're not talking about measuring yourself daily on the scales.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: We are talking about what it means to take the work to greater and greater scale. And so there's a couple of, you know, that was probably not the best opening in terms of lining people up to content,
1: eh? Well, I feel like they also want to know what's happening in our lives. There you go.
0: Oh, well, there we go. Now you got it. (laughs) I've joined the new Millie. And Tuesday thinks it's slightly ridiculous.
1: I don't know. I don't think it's slightly ridiculous. I think that it it appears to be working, and uh, it just makes me laugh a lot. I don't. But I don't that's think. True. I, I don't think it's that's ridiculous. True. Well, that is
0: that's really a superb outcome, isn't it?
1: There you go. You know. That's why you joined the numele.
0: Absolutely, because it makes my buddy laugh a lot. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, okay, so. You know, we're kind of going to scale in two places, and and what we said what we said we'd do when we were chatting about coming onto this podcast, we'd do a little bit about like how we're going to a greater scale with the clients and people we're working with. You know, it's beyond the phase of like understanding where we're at and like launching some experiments to like get a little sense of what we might do. To now saying, how do we roll out change and graduate it to a level of scale where it really begins to impact? the kind of systems and the organizational structures as a whole. Right. So we said we wanted to kind of touch a little bit and share on that. And then of course, simultaneously, our little organization is going to scale. It's getting bigger. I mean, we were on the phone today with somebody about how we start a Sweden, the outside in Sweden, you know, and actually have a little European office. Right. And so very exciting to me. It's very exciting and exciting to you and daunting to me, wasn't it? That was a bit of like, it was like, yeah. And so, um, and so I, so, so I think those were the two places we were going to go. And do you want to speak a little bit about what's going on in, in, with some of the clients we're working
1: sure, with? Sure. And I think one of the things I want to, um, begin to interrupt because it feels like, or, um, it, it feels like right on the edge of our own learning is that when we talk about greater and greater scale, I think that inference is somehow we mean we're scaling up. Right. And so one of the things that, um. Uh, we've been in really clear learning and articulation of in the past several weeks, actually, even is this idea that there are different kinds of scale and that it's not all scaling up. So when we talk about scaling, we might be talking about scaling impact, but that doesn't mean getting bigger and, um, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Kind of the things that, that scale brings to mind aren't always what we're talking about. So I think about this the first time I heard, um, uh, the difference between scaling up was with Deborah Freeze, right? Scaling up versus scaling across, right? Which is mm-hmm. kind of sharing the learning out across an ecosystem. It's not that one organization gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it's actually the impact. The scale of impact is felt because you're scaling across um, different organizations or different movements or different communities, right? So there's different ways to think about scaling. So I want to just kind of bring that nuance in because it feels like something specifically. I think we're going to have Gabriel Donnelly on soon. I um, hope we are. She and Brona Gallagher are really, really expanding our thinking about scaling. So they they talk about scaling up, which might be what we tend to think about. Like, how do we work with systems and structures? They talk about scaling across, which is kind of like across an organization. They talk about scaling deep, which is shifting culture. Right. And so, and beliefs, they, yeah, beliefs something. and culture. Right. So, so there's many different kinds of scale. And then one of the things that I don't know if Gabe came up with this or if it's just something she's brought to us. So to be clear, she, ta- she also talks about scaling scree, which is like and scree is those, those little mountain pebbles, you know, that come down the side of a mountain, you know, they can, kind of, and she talks about that in the perspective of often when you begin to do this kind of work, um, other pebbles start to fall that you had no intent to have fall right? But they're just doing it. So that is also a kind of scaling, like you're impacting. And so I think there's something we're talking about scaling our impact, which sometimes we'll be scaling up, but sometimes we'll be these other kinds of scaling. So for example, when we do some, when we're doing uh, some work, we're in the second year of launching of really moving into implementation. And what we're already seeing is from the first year prototypes, some of the folks on the core team are just going and prototyping. It has nothing to do with the project going forward. It's just, they've learned I'm, the skill. Yeah, go ahead. And by
0: prototyping, we just mean going out and launching tests and experiments that have some freedom to kind of like fail and generate learning that accelerates their ability to take the next step, right? So exactly. we're not talking about like products prototyping. We're talking about yes, this in the context of an intervention into a large system. So that could be looking at um, layers of decision-making. It could right. be looking at uh, a particular piece around mental health. It could be looking at um, purchasing, uh, processes. I mean, it's like literally, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, and, and this goes to right, you said the kind of, where are we at our, in our work last year, last year, um, we did a project with a core team that launched, uh, I think there were 11 prototypes. They, uh, brought together their learning and then, um, created eight recommendations. right? And so this year, the work is around how do we institutionalize those recommendations? That is the scale we're at now. So where last year's prototypes are really about learning the system and learning intervention points, this year's prototypes will really be about how do we actually begin to test, experiment, and move change that will be more systemic, will be more broad. So in some ways, that will be scaling up. work, right? The idea is to go to institutionalization. But the the thing to notice is even before we've launched this work, people from last year who learned these skills around prototyping are already scaling Scree because they're back in their places prototyping other things.
0: Just getting it done. Yeah.
1: We don't have anything to do with that, right? But it's scaling in a way. So So it's really exciting and a little, little, so here's where I would use the word daunting. I feel like it's quite daunting to turn that corner into implementation toward institutionalization, right? The prototypes have, um, uh, will have more impact. They have more scrutiny. Certainly they have more pressure. They have, um, uh, they have a, a, a lot more, I think, kind of riding on them this year as we talk about scaling up than last year. So that is kind of mm. one of the pivots we're in when we talk about scaling. So the work has gone from kind of a small group of people who are just figuring out, trying to figure out the system to now, okay, let's have our prototypes and our testing and our work impact the larger system in a much more public, yeah. a much more, um, a way that has a, that has a, a lot more eyes and view and impact and pressure on it. And I know you want to talk about the other one. Just, I feel like I've talked about it. Well, it's gonna, well I, th-
0: I think it's going to impact people's daily lives too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's moving beyond these like discrete experiments to generate learning.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. Moving into like actually changing how we do things around here, actually mm-hmm. changing the decision-making process, mm-hmm. actually changing who gets to make decisions. Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, actually changing how you might secure a vehicle. Actually check, I mean, like it's, mm-hmm. it's so, so it's, so it's moving into that realm, which I think is really exciting. And because, because I often think with, you know, when people approach a very large change, often what happens is that you create a plan, you know, even if you do a little bit of prototyping up front and experimentation, you then take that content, right. And then you make a great big plan. That you then roll out, you know, and what I like about what we're developing is that it's graduated. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, so that like, yep, there's that whole first year and now we're like graduating to a next level of scale Mm -hmm. and then graduating to a next level of scale in understanding scale in all the nuanced ways that you talked Mm -hmm. about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really exciting piece about what's going on here is that it's, it's that it's a, it's a far more organic style of change, Mm -hmm. right? Than than kind of like taking it away, doing a bit of research, engineering, a solution, and then rolling it out, you know, which is a very, very transactional way to think about engagement and involvement. Right.
1: 100%.
0: Get the information, design the solution, go back, say, here's how we designed it with your input. Now we're rolling it out. This actually graduates it. And I think the other thing that's exciting about that is that it begins to build the culture of people being involved in designing their own futures, Mm -hmm. right? And then implementing them. Yeah. Right. The ownership isn't just at the front end of design. It's like, it's actually all the way through. Yeah. Right. And then that capacity becomes available the next time you're faced with a seemingly intractable problem. Right.
1: And that's, Tim, thank you for mentioning that because I feel like that is, uh, that's so important and it's so important for us to be explicit about that actually, as we're doing, this particular work, testing, experimenting, learning, thinking about scale, it's actually quite important for us to be explicit about this is an iterative process and it sets you up for the next iteration, right? Because the danger, and we see this all the time, and actually it's part of why last week was a bit of a shit sandwich, right? Like with the, the reason.
0: (laughs) Oh, you just made it explicit. You just added the E. The I did podcast. it. I, what it's had normally to happen? me.
1: Exactly. It's normally
0: me. I'm so happy it was you. <laughs> shit sandwich. Let's say it again.
1: That's right. It was a shit sandwich last week. Sandwich
0: and, of shit. Exactly. Right
1: and part of that was because we'd kind of gotten this learning, built this capacity. And then when it felt like, oh, oh, this is going to have some impact, it felt like people pulled right back into what they know, Mm -hmm. right? Right back into that That, transactional.
0: That's right. A massive regression into mm -hmm. what's comfortable because the stress levels went through the roof Mm -hmm. because of the implications, right mate? Right. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, yes.
1: No, that's exactly. So it's, it's worth being explicit. It's actually, and I think our team has talked about, okay, how do we, right? Those of us who are holding this, how do we bring this approach? They know it, they want it, they asked for it, it's been working. How do we kind of remind them, right? In this times of stress and regression, how do we remind folks that this actually is, it's a different way of working. And it's not a different way of working when it's fun. It's also a different way of working when the stress is high and budgets are being cut. And so um, that feels like, as you just said that, it feels like part of our articulation can be, you know, There's going to be a first wave and that's going to feel great. And then you're going to be like, we have to make some decisions. And the tendency is going to be to pull back into doing something different. And instead we, what we have to do is we have to keep facing forward and keep working. And, and I think we're getting there. I feel like we're getting there. This week feels quite different. It's not the shit sandwich, but, um, you know, last week there was a little like, yeah. And then just also realizing that's, that's human nature. When, when things get hard, we pull back to what we know.
0: It's like a cheese and Marmite sandwich. It's delicious. Slightly toasted.
1: That last week, you mean? Yeah, that was like a cheese and
0: Marmite. Cheese Cheese and Marmite. A little bit of cucumber on top of the cheese. A bit of Marmite, cheese, cucumber, lightly toasted. Got yourself a sandwich, mate. That is the business. Well,
1: I mean, I Um, don't want to offend any of our British friends.
0: Not even my children like Marmite. It's very disappointing. The, The other thing that's what happens when you move, when you can become expatriated, doesn't it? You know, Mm -hmm. anyway, so the the other thing I think about what you're saying, that's important, right. Is, um, that that isn't something that we're doing. Like we're like, what you're talking about, like re-engaging the most senior leaders and reminding them Mm -hmm. of like that underneath all of this is an approach, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, like that's like the team we've worked with the opera you know in our language the operating team who's been leading this significant effort towards kind of like massive change like with the entire mm. operating system of a global system you know mm. global structure global organization like um like like they're taking that on yeah. right and actually. You know, Jacob, who's been with us on this podcast from PricewaterhouseCoopers, he's taking that on. And so there's this team now that's like kind of like local, but also with us that are like they're highly invested in this approach. They've they've come Mm -hmm. to really believe in its ability to create the kind of long term change that they would like to see in culture and in structure. You know, so they're managing up just like mm-hmm. D. Hawk says all those years ago in the kind of chaotic organization that like how, what percentage of our work needs to be managing up yeah. as much as engaging down and across within these hierarchical right. structures. And That's they're right. doing that work and they're doing that job because that, you know what I mean? No, what I just loved it that no one gave up. No, Mm-mm. you no. know what I mean? Mm-mm. I mean, when you saw like a massive regression into traditional decision-making patterns and process and design and thinking and, um, and then there's this like, oh yeah, now we're just going to work that, you know, yeah. like no one gave up. It was just a strategic hurdle to overcome.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was great.
0: Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Um, all right. Did you want to talk We're about NYC? We're probably halfway through the podcast. Oh, I thought oh, you were. Wanted- go on there. No, let's do that. I love that idea. Yeah. And yeah.
1: And so that, so, you know, that was kind of one of our major clients, right? As we, as we shift toward implementation, institutionalization, which is a, is a kind of scaling up, right. And hopefully scaling deep, right. That's also what we've pointed to here is we actually need to be scaling deep in that organization because we need to sh- shift assumptions and beliefs about how change is made and sustained over time. Then on the other hand, we have a, another client who, um over the past 18 months has really been focused on internal to their organization. What does it mean to work in this way? How do we want the organization to be working as a way to get ready to shift the very large system the organization is located within, a very large bureaucracy in the city of New York? And so we've said, you've got 110 people in this organization, and how do we get this organization fit to take on systems change, which is their mandate it's in after, system, they were set
0: up three years ago with that mandate, but of course they were set up by a bureaucracy. So immediately became one.
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. So we're having to like redesign them from the inside. So they're then fit to fulfill their mandate. It's quite fascinating actually. Yeah.
1: And so after 18 months now, right. We're, we're getting to the point of like, oh, how do we begin to open our eyes, uh, to the larger system? And begin to think about how we would impact that. And I think part of what I have really, really appreciated is when you go to work on the larger system, it can be really easy just to kind of like sit there and and, um, cast stones or say, oh, the system's doing that and the system's doing that. These folks have had now 18 months to look at their own stuff right before going out. So it's just a whole different way to approach the system that we're in. I'm hoping that it will shift from any kind of blame. And it's so easy to look at someone else and say, that's what's wrong there. What I'm hoping is we've done 18 months of equipping them to look inward, to find all of the things as they look kind of outward. Um, and so that they can do it with, uh, more skill, more compassion, more, um, capacity and understanding. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited about that, but that's a definite shift. It'll be a big shift.
0: I love it because it's, uh, I mean, just to even like be more specific, like the methodologies that we would apply to a large scale systems change, we've been applying internally to their own organizational system. Mm -hmm. So we've been Mm -hmm. running prototypes internally. Yeah. Right. We've been navigating deliberately the layers of power, 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 Power hierarchy. Hierarchy. Ooh. Ooh, um, uh, So somebody tweet that and then somebody else <laughs> exactly. uh, patent that or something, TM. you do. TM, right? TM, TM, Tim Merry. That's it. Um, <laughs> someone's <laughs> already written a book called Power Archy somewhere, haven't they? I'm sure. Do you know what I mean? It's probably a website anyway. We should right. look at it. We should look at it. Probably tell us something. Um, So, uh, but like everything that, you know, all of the kind of methodology and deliberateness that we would bring into large scale systems change, we've been bringing into the work with them. Mm -hmm. So that, which I just think is great. And and yeah, so I think when you said they're going to be equipped with, it's not just consciousness that they're equipped with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like a a sense of like, I'm aware of ourselves and our patterns and our beliefs. Like they've actually been implementing a whole bunch of the methodology. Right. From, from super rigorous developmental evaluation through to prototyping to working with multi-layered, multi-stakeholder teams, you know, holding the change. So it's, uh, I think that's really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hopefully they've, they've skilled up because that's what we're yeah, It's very we're exciting.
0: Are they going to turn the corner in June or not? Is that ability to raise the gaze and be like, okay, we're ready to go now. You know? Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, similarly, simultaneous to all of this stuff happening with, you know, those two of our biggest clients is there's also, you know, the outside itself is going through its own scaling, you know? I mean, this kicked off as you and me and Jen. Yep. Right. And we're now 16 people. Yep. Right. <laughs> and uh,
1: That makes me feel daunted. I was, I, was I was so yeah. happy today. Now I'm like, yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. But i and, and like, let's be clear, we're not 16 people working full time. That's not our model, you know, like, we, you know, the, we have, I think we've talked through this on the podcast, you know, with, you know, they're up to 50% of somebody's time is what we work with, with the assumption that they are doing something else in their lives that they want to be putting time into. And the engagement with the outside supports that kind of, uh, you know, f- financially, intellectually, practically, do you know what I mean? And so, um, but like we're suddenly managing a, a, a large distributed team, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to figure out how we maintain relationships with people who are spanning continents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And how we do that over time. Um, uh, you, you know, and then, and then having people come to us looking for work, yeah. you know, like literally the, this idea that we would have a, an office in Sweden was brought to us by, a a previous client who now wants to come back and engage us to do more work with them. You know, Mm -hmm. they went through one spurt of significant growth, then kind of like moved it on themselves and have now come back and said, we're leveling up again. We want to bring you in for further support. You know, here's one of the options we'd like to work with, you know, that you would actually have an outside team that was built locally here that you would support and they would become outsiders. And we're like, Oh, we actually need people in Europe. Like yeah. that's part of our need right now. And so it's just kind of crazy. And so, and so, and then beyond that, we've got this kind of like really beginning to think about, I mean, Brona, um, and I've, and I've latched onto it very quickly too, because it aligns with my values, um, has just really brought our attention to like climate emergency, you know? Yeah, sure. Just throw things around.
1: I was trying to get out of the way. I was trying to turn off the phone before it rang and then it just (laughs) slid out of my hand.
0: Is it ringing? It was. I I know. I always put mine somewhere and then it does this buzzing thing in the background. I'm like, oh no, maybe everyone can hear
1: it. Exactly. So instead I just threw it at my computer.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that that's an equally effective method.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. Go back. Okay. So Brona, Brona.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. So climate emergency, she's bringing us back into climate. She's, she's basically been like, okay, well we're a global consultancy organization we fly all over the world doing, you know, things that we genuinely believe are good for the world, you know, and and that we're uniquely positioned to do mm-hmm. with the kind of skill sets we've got and the learning and the relationships we have, right. you know. Um, but at the same time, we're burning a lot of carbon yeah, to do that, which isn't good for the world. right? You know what I mean? So as we grow and we burn more and more carbon, what is that? Oh, so like we're all cool with like, social justice and equity, and we're fully committed to working with race, class, gender, do do, do you know what I mean? Power, Mm. wealth, like that, that is like built into our DNA. It's cooked into how we turn up in the room. And then Bron is bringing in and saying, well, what about climate justice? What about climate emergency? How is that cooked into the model? How is that cooked into how you turn up as we get bigger and bigger and bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, and like, you know, and, and being really clear that, you know, scientists are calling for businesses to be carbon net zero by 2030 to try and keep us under a two degree C rise mm-hmm. in, te- in global temperature, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, oh, well, what do we do with that? How do what we do, we do
1: with that? That's right. Oh,
0: so that's one of the reasons we want to create local teams mm-hmm. in other parts of the world, because then that would necessitate less global travel, you know. Um, but then it's also like, oh, maybe we need to become like the cutting edge global leader in kind of like online remote based systems change work. Maybe mm-hmm. that's our model. Maybe in 10 mm-hmm. years, that's what we need to head for because we're we're going to be operating in a world of increasing cri- crisis, mm-hmm. you know, where travel becomes significantly more limited because of weather or uh, what we're experiencing now with coronavirus or the cost of travel or all right. these other things, you know. Is it actually getting ahead of the game? Is it actually forcing us to innovate? And 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 because we're growing so quickly, you and I are having to think more than six months ahead. Yeah. More than a year ahead. I mean, we're thinking about a year ahead right now, aren't we? I think you know? so.
1: Yeah, I think so. And what
0: uh, You know, just about. How- and
1: yeah, and yet, I mean, we're thinking a year ahead and yet the coronavirus is upon us. And so we have to actually figure out a meeting by the end of March that yeah. we were going to be in person and now we are not. And so right. it's like, so some things are like, so I'm really appreciating um, that you and Brona have taken this on and I, like this kind of Eight year view. I won't say 10 years, but 2030 isn't 10 years. It's eight year view, right? They kind of like holding us. Like I just, I so appreciate kind of that long view. I think all of us, I think what feels very exciting to me about the work we're doing and the people we're bringing in, at least the people who are getting closer and closer in, all of us are beginning to think like, what is this that we want to be? And how do we become serious about it? And how is this business is built? Do we actually build that in? And so some of it is like the climate work in eight years. Like, where do we want to be? Let's like, let's just do some thinking about how to get there. Some of it is next year. What does that look like for our business and and our business model and our legal structure? You know, mm, and mm, then some mm. of it is like, oh, and in two weeks we have this meeting that like. Coronavirus just came. So what are we going to do now? And so it's just right. we got people about- from
0: all over the world who are going to be face to face for two days. And we now need to find a way to collaboratively and remotely get the same outcomes.
1: Right. Yeah. Because the project actually needs, the, the launch has to happen. Yeah. And so to, to kind of keep on our timetable and all of the things. And so- um, there's, it's just, there's a lot of questions of scale that I I think are quite different when it was you, Jen, and I, mm. than now as we're thinking about uh, more people in more locations, um, who can bring different levels of concern to us. Um, I think it's. It feels, uh, today I feel really happy. <laughs> I feel really exciting. I feel really yeah. excited Cause let me just say like part of the reason I feel really excited is, you know, it's been the last, I don't know, six to eight weeks we've been saying, oh my gosh, and what we're talking, right. We're just thinking out loud. We're like, what if we needed a Europe office so that you and I don't have to go there all the time? What would that look like? Who would it be? How could that, and then the folks from Sweden come today and say, we have a proposal. We want this to be good for the outside too. We think mm-hmm we should become outsiders and this and, and so it doesn't mean that that's the exact option but as i said to you it's like rather than kind of going out and seeking people to do this with it feels like people are coming into us and i just want to notice the synchronicity of that and so it may or may not work
0: and they've got 18 months of experience of working with us yeah directly yeah, exactly in an initiative mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. like there's 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 like although they may not be completely up to speed because we've grown a lot in the last 9 months Mm-hmm. in terms of our understanding and our delivery. And, but like they have a really solid basic understanding of our approach from having delivered work with us in a location, right? And, um, and so that also feels like kind of an incredible piece of the offer. You know? Well, and
1: they have a real, they have an experience of working with us. But I think the other thing that we heard them say today really clearly is they have a commitment to systems change, and they're yeah. not finding it elsewhere. And they have a commitment to equity. And certainly that combination of systems change and equity, they are not finding anywhere else. Right. I mean, I think Mikhail said something to stay like, you're the only people in the world who do this. I don't know that that's true, but it's, it, but it's a rarity. And we have people now who are so committed to that. Like, of course, of course we would want to bring them in closer.
0: Yeah. He said, you're the only people in the world we've talked to who understand what we're trying to do here.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And he's like, we've got lots of companies in Sweden who say they do what they do, what you do. And we've been talking to them, but they just don't get it. And they can't give us the kind of uh, ground level practical support that we need. It all sounds very intellectually, conceptually good. But when it comes to delivery, it doesn't hold water for us, essentially, you know. I was laughing so, because
1: remember he said he said they all come and talk to us, and they say that's really interesting what you're doing. We yeah. want to know more about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was like they went, to, they went, to, they went to go and talk to some UN office of innovation or something that's now located in Sweden, and. They- <laughs> And the UN Office of Operations was like, wow, we've never heard of anything like this. That's really interesting. Could you tell us more about what... And they had gone there hoping to get support for Forward Malmo, right? Funny, really funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're scaling, you know, and and, like, mm-hmm. a, and and it's real because I want us, you know, we take a very clear public stand on our relationship to social justice and equity. Mm-hmm. And we're now beginning to craft a very clear public stance Uh, on a declaration of climate emergency, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but that declaration has to include a commitment in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: By a certain date we're committing to something. You know, really for, and so like, those are the kind of conversations we're finding ourselves in when we're at scale, they're very practical conversations on like, how do we connect our own team and keep our team connected as it grows? How are we working remotely? What are the, we're just looking into an online platform called storms with a Z or a Z or whatever you want to call it at the end, you know, and, uh, um, which is like an online collaboration software We you know, we're really kind of like turning up how we use zoom Right. And looking at the breakout rooms and all these kinds of different things, just because we know that we need to get on top of that stuff, you know. And so it's like on some level, it's like declarations of climate emergency and giving ourselves 15 year deadlines at which point to hit something, you know, that net zero carbon. Anyway, and, um, and on the other side, it's like very, very practical. It's like how concretely do we actually deliver? you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating time, isn't it? To be, yeah. Um, trying to organize for the common good and trying to lead for the common good in the world.
1: Well, you know?
0: cause there's so many, there's, there's a lot of gray area, um, in it all.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, there is a lot and and, um, what feels good about this idea, um, of kind of, a particular issue like climate justice. Um, it feels like, uh, with the people we're bringing into the work, um, even if they don't have the expertise around climate justice, they can get behind it because of what we stand for. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. If, if you're, if you're an outsider and you're committed to equity and justice, like this doesn't feel, well, you might not, it may not be your area of expertise, but there's no resistance. There's only, okay, how do we pull up our sleeves and do this together now? Um, and so that's the the people part of the scaling is really important. And Tim, I feel like you've, you have alluded to it several times, but I think it's really a question in front of us as we get bigger, how do we stay together? Like, how do we really stay together on this team? And the team, continues and we push ourselves and we work for and we just talked about this a couple podcasts ago so we don't need to go into it but like the team reflects the world that we want to see and i feel like we're only doing better with that you know we're we're just like we're just like it's serious it's it's real we've made a we've made our stake in the ground and we're living by that um as we bring people in um and how do we stay together and it, it, it you know it's look it's a little bit like shared work <laughs> so part i mean like part of what keeps us together is the work that's in front of us with with clients. Right. But part of it will, I think you could feel like we could also really rally around this idea around climate justice. Like everyone's like, want to hear more. Can't wait to hear more. What are you and Brona proposing? What can we talk about? Even this idea, we talked about intellectual property as a team last week. Everyone was just like there, like, how do we do this? And so there's something about this team having enough, a, a gravitational pull of the work that is also keeping this team together as we kind of scale. Um,
0: but we're all it, building it together, aren't we? It's kind of amazing. All right, look, I've got, I've, I've got a quote, but I think you've got a song.
1: Ooh, I do. I've got a song mm. and this song, I just going to say where I heard it from. Cause I'm going to just do a little plug. Cause I'm kind of in love at this moment. There's this new Netflix show. I look, and you know, I don't stay in love long with TV shows. So I got to say it now. Cause do next, it. Do it next week last, I might be done. Uh, It's called Queen Sono, and it's uh, out of Netflix Africa. And it's the most fun show in terms of like it's kind of a spy adventure, kind of shoot 'em up kind of thing. But the violence is kind of cartoony. You don't get upset by it. You know what I mean? Um, So on the very first episode, they played this song called Final Form by Sampa the Great. Holy moly. I just about came out of my chair and I did, you know, like, Siri, what is this song? And then I sent it to you right away because I thought it was so awesome. The lace lady traveled with grace, baby. I can't afford to cover the course, of course, maybe.
0: Because the seasoning and flows already active. Honey years, fantastic. Young veteran, you classic. Now nah, knock the walls off, fuck the whole key, we're gonna the whole door off. I'm still A D, never forget it. It's life after death. All the credits. My born, you still
1: it's just like in like, you know, the side, it just kinda like fits me. Just like really energizing, really galvanizing, like we got this kind of song.
0: I actually can't, I'm because I'm, I'm trying to get my steps in, I'm walking, you know, bring the <laughs> podcast in full circle. I'm. Uh, I'm uh, <laughs> it's always good to start where you begin, isn't it? It's for the natural sure. way of, it's the circle of life. There you and, go. Uh, so there we go. See, so uh, so I'm, I'm going to listen to it on my walk home today, actually. That's mm. the song. It's gonna Right? That's the one. Nice. As long as some, st- Carl sent me some stuff in WhatsApp too, so I'll, nope. I'll line them up for my walk.
1: Mine first. Yeah.
0: Definitely yours first. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Nothing better than a female rapper. Yeah, nothing better. Kate Tempest, you know, (laughs) is a female rapper I like. That's all I'm saying. I know. All right. So I'm going to read a quote rather than a poem. Okay. And I might have read this quote before on the podcast But I'm going to read it again. I mean, I can't actually remember. It's such a, this is from a book called, uh, Games for Actors and Non-Actors by Augusto Boal. And in many ways, this is one of the books that got me into participation as a way to solve Mm. problems, Mm. you know, and Augusto Boal and his kind of approach to theater, um, just blew me away. It was what I'd been looking for as a young kind of theater Mm. practitioner, aspiring director and actor when I was a kid or not a kid, a young man. But the last paragraph of this book I'm going to read, and he wrote this in 1992, okay. just for a bit of context. When so many certainties have become so many doubts, when so many dreams have withered on exposure to sunlight, and so many hopes have become as many deceptions... Now that we are living through times and situations of great perplexity, full of doubts and uncertainties, now more than ever, I believe it is a time for a theatre which, at its best, will ask the right questions at the right times. Mm. Let us be democratic and ask our audiences to tell us their desires and let us show them alternatives. Let Mm. us hope that one day, please, not too far in the future, will be able to convince or force our governments our leaders to do the same to ask their audiences us what they should do so as to make this world a place to live and be happy in yes it is possible rather than just a vast market in which we sell our goods and our souls let's hope let's work for it
1: oh hey. nice so good I know.
0: He's an amazing man. Really
1: Mm. incredible. Mm.
0: Well, that is the Find the Outside podcast for this week, isn't it? This week, every two weeks we do it.
1: That's right. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts.
0: New episodes of the podcast are available every second Tuesday. If you'd like to get in touch with us about something you heard on the show, you can reach us at podcast.findtheoutside.com. At in fact, this episode was inspired by somebody getting back to us and saying, talk to us more about scaling.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, You can find links to any of the resources, uh, the quote that Tim made, books, songs, any poems he's had, uh, anything we mentioned during the show in the show notes for this episode over at findtheoutside.com slash podcast or in the description for the podcast and the podcast app you're listening to us on.
0: It is a super cool playlist. I mean, it's just totally (laughs) worth checking. It really is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, So there's a playlist over on the uh, podcast. What's it called Spotify so just go check it out it's amazing search find the outside on Spotify playlists and it'll pop right up and then just stick your headphones on and go take a walk you'll love it
1: Are you encouraging people to get their steps in Tim is that what's happening definitely get your steps in yeah, join right. the numely that's right oh, don't, my I please. shouldn't
0: say that that's like straight up advertising isn't it yeah that's
1: just right, you know
0: enjoy, enjoy a nice walk put some music on I don't know. That's what I liked it.
1: Look, I don't I don't mind you advertising. I just want us to get paid for it. That's cool. That's
0: true, a percentage cut.
1: Exactly. So this episode was edited and produced by Mark Coffin at SoundGood Studio.
0: And theme music for Find the Outside podcast is by Gary Blakemore. Take care, folks.
1: Thanks everyone.